Chapter Nine of From Sunrise Land Letters from Japan by Amy Carmichael. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Chapter Nine Out of Into. Do not conceive of long journeyings. When thou believest, then thou comest. For to him who is everywhere, men come by loving, not by travelling. St. Augustine. I was poor yesterday, but not today, for Jesus came this morning and took the poor away. November 9th. We have come for a few days missioning to a large village, which Mr. Buxton is anxious to help by fortnightly visits from Matsuya, and it is to be our trust. Master, we take it from thee. Cleanse us now, that with pure hands we may bear thy holy vessels. Baptize us now, that with burning love we may witness unto thee it is evening from the room below the scent of incense rises we can hear them praying their powerless prayers from our window we can see roofs each covers a heathen house on our way thither we pass many an idol shrine i counted nearly fifty and then stopped sick at heart just outside this great heathen village stands a tall stone buddha we looked at it and thought of gideon and now alone in the quiet room in the dim light i think pray think then with a rush the intolerable craving shivers throughout me like a trumpet call oh to save these to perish for their saving die for their life to be offered for them all therefore o lord i will not fail nor falter nay but i ask it may but i desire lay on my lips thine embers of the altar seal with the sting and furnish with the fire give me a voice a cry and a complaining oh let my sound be stormy in their ears throat that would shout but cannot stay for straining eyes that would weep but cannot wait for tears quick in a moment infinite for ever send an arousal better than i pray give me a grace upon the faint endeavour souls for my hire and pentecost to-day o oh, honourable god i did not know before about thee but i know now oh i did great many wrong things please take that sin away please make me to show people thy glory so she prayed this dear one who was to be our first and from the little group kneeling around came a soft amen for this was her first prayer to the true god and only he knew how much it meant one seemed to almost understand its purport by sympathy at the time and afterwards m san gave it to me as i have written it how glad we were last night we spoke to a little company of women we told them of the father's love love for them then asked if any would trust that love just now but there was no response and disappointed we came away for we had asked that we might so speak that someone would believe and come but to-day while we were out visiting the jesus houses scattered here and there like stars in the darkness we got a message to say that one whom we had noticed as seeming impressed had gone home to think so much her heart had heavily longed to hear more that she had given up a day's silk weaving so that she could have time to listen would we go to her so we went she told us that serving her gods had not rested her she could not lean upon them our god was so strong so good she wanted to trust him after a long talk and prayer translated lovingly by m san sentence by sentence we had a silent time and then came the low half-frightened voice like the bleat of a lost lamb 
as it feels the shepherd draw near she was found think of his laying her on his shoulders rejoicing think of the gladness of making god glad out of into what does it mean according to sir monier williams out of hopelessness dreary profound buddhism says expect a never-ceasing succession of evil worlds forever coming into existence developing decaying perishing and reviving and all equally full of everlasting misery disappointment illusion change transmutation out of lovelessness lonely and sad suppress and destroy the desires and affections utterly aim at inaction indifference and apathy as the highest of all states into ah who but the eternal source of all hope and love can tell us what is wrapped up in his own word-picture out of darkness into his marvellous light and truly the little company of his redeemed here are showing forth his praises we heard of one who when the price of rice doubled after the flood sold it at the usual rate and so daily lost what to him was a considerable sum invested it rather in the bank of heaven for how could he a christian gain through the suffering of others a simple question but one which involves large issues think of the result were the same principle applied to the laws which govern the commerce of christian england not quite so much rum would be shipped off to africa and perhaps the opium question would find a speedy solution and there is another scientifically inclined who a year ago lived for the ologies but life became more real for him its purpose more intense perhaps he reflected that in the great hereafter the flash of a moment would perfectly reveal all and far more than a lifetime could but dimly decipher and that the one little span between the two eternities might be more worthily filled up with the things that abide for he let all go yielded himself mind and money to god and his service built a little preaching room and with his wife helped to form a centre for the little circle which would have rejoiced the first great missionary and does i expect would it be too heretical to draw comparisons here perhaps it is better to let the christian scientist literate or otherwise intellectually absorbed do it for himself only one life it will soon be passed only what's done for jesus will last of one other one of the lord's prisoners i must tell you we found him sitting cramped up on the floor of his little room just shining the love of jesus most gleefully he told us how buxton's son had deigned to send him the honourable holy book and that its good words made him glad his wife carries him to the meetings upon her back occasionally and thereby hears the gospel as well as sees it in her husband but she clings still to her old gods will you pray for her i think were she brought in the dear old saint's cup would run over i am writing now in one of the long waits incidental to most travelling in the east since the great flood which wrought such havoc far and near the bridges have been impassable the very temporary ones we cross to-day are in an extremely shaky condition the roads are in some places lost in swamps and everything is in a state of upset we have arrived at the little town on the lake where the steamer for matsya starts but as the wind is very high they are holding a lengthy discussion as to the danger of going these little cockle-shell things will not stand much roughing it but i hope they will risk it we must not miss to-morrow's work and though there are kurumas to be had they don't want to go the road is so bad 
i am sitting on the floor of the very chilly little hotel trying to dry my wet things over a scrap of a hibachi and in the intervals of comparative success write to you just behind me is the honourable place whereon are arranged upon a slab of wood some golden persimmon a spray of blossom and a bowl of the ever-present incense it is the anniversary of the deigning to cease to become of some relative and these are offerings to his departed spirit above them hangs a roughly drawn picture of a buddhist celebrity candles are burning with a sickly glimmer beside the bright flowers there is an unreality about it a hollow form with nothing inside in the next room is the shrine set into the wall and ancestral tablets are ranged within and there is a little gilt idol with numbers of arms and hands the goddess of mercy lamps swing before it and when night comes they will be lighted prayers will be chanted by any specially devout members of the family and so the day will close in this and in every other house in the town for from this village comes the saddest of all cries the cry of silence the silence of death you who can resist the half articulate pleading of many and many a heart to-day can you resist this from millions of voiceless souls it is rising now does it not touch you at all the missionary magazines try to echo the silent sob you read them yes and you skim them for good stories nice pictures bits of excitement the more the better then they drop into the waste-paper basket or swell some dusty pile in the corner for perhaps there isn't much in them very likely not there isn't much in silence any more than in darkness at least not very much reducible to print but to god there is something in it for all that oh you you i mean who are weary of hearing the reiteration of the great unrepealed commission you who think you care but who certainly don't past costing point is there nothing will touch you just so far i had written when we heard we could get on and now a few days afterwards this has come to pass this morning one of the little lake steamers started from one of the villages at the upper end and arrived here all right when the people were getting out a sudden rush overbalanced it it fell to one side turned over and all except ten or twelve of the thirty or forty on board were drowned within a few yards of land one can think of nothing save those still forms lying down by the water's edge this morning so full of life and now dead coming down to yokohama for our meeting we passed through the crowd of many hundreds gathered upon the bridge where a view of the scene was to be had round a heap of matting stood a group of careless gazers underneath it lay those who had just been got out except upon the faces of a few who were wildly trying to get to the place where the bodies were being carried and these were grief-stricken indeed there was nothing of awe nothing of sympathy only an excited curiosity or can't be helped expression life is worth so little to those who never heard what a price was paid to redeem it dear helpers together all of you will you ask this for us as your christmas wish and i will ask it for you as mine that we may work while daylight lasts for the night cometh when no man can work yokohama matsuya november twenty ninth our home is at akayama now but m san and i come down daily for visiting and meetings our children's is just over imagine yourself fronted by forty or fifty restless sprites your vocabulary you remember is limited your interpreter gentle the girls who sit behind of course as inferior beings are docile enough 
but their baby burdens require occasional shaking up and down the boys are not docile at all they are ingenious though and can cause distractions manifold and yet something gets done some of the little girls we trust do simply and truly believe we cannot get very close to them one day we tried having a talk with those who waited behind but it resulted in their being kept at home for a fortnight afterwards there are several things in my mind for you but just overhead is a rat he is gnawing a hole in the low ceiling and i cannot dislodge him i have shaken the beams and thundered at them till i deafened myself the creature knows he is safe on the other side and works away undaunted you have often heard of hibachis here is one for you the young lady has by mistake dropped a chestnut into the charcoal glow hence the explosion i can sympathize with her having once done much the same one never does it twice we have been visiting in the house of our old friend who has fallen on sleep his widow hears with interest but we fear the house will soon be closed for the relatives upon whom she depends are exceedingly opposed Today our reception from them was a flat refusal even to listen so it is not always as some would fancy a drink it all in receptivity satan is neither sleepy nor kind as he surely would be were that so my new japanese brother p san and i are studying joseph this week a marginal reading struck us in passing genesis forty two twenty three they knew not that joseph understood them for an interpreter was between them an interpreter may typify all manner of helps useful and necessary but nothing must come between if we would know our joseph there stood no man with him while joseph made himself known unto his brethren it has been coming to me of late that our master's words about gathering up the fragments that nothing be lost may touch more than life's loaves and fishes i think i must gather some love fragments up and give them to you or the wind of forget may blow them away to oblivion a homesick day some days do come at times a day when everything seems set to tennyson's break 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 on thy cold grey stones o sea i was having my japanese lesson but oh for the touch of a vanished hand came to my lips more readily than the verb i was struggling through there were some flowers on the table and to gain a moment's respite i turned to look at them but the flowers were roses their scent was the scent of home it was the last straw just then a whisper came watch my child watch for what i am sending you what could it be was it something to tell me his love was near so i watched that afternoon a parcel came from one of our band who had been out in the country inside was a motto worked in white letters on bright turkey red faith is the victory she had made it during her little tour and sent it for a surprise can you think what it meant to me a few weeks passed and i wanted some testaments to leave in the hotels of the villages through which we passed but at which we could not stay i asked for one pound to buy them next mail brought me just that sum from an old school friend it was to do what i liked with was it not just like him one more and these are only samples so to speak of many more which one cannot write about this one may sound small to you but it tells of a care which is not small though it cares for the smallest things one evening chancing to be alone on one of the lake boats i sat on deck with a gentle-faced lady traveller and taught her come unto me she had nearly learned it when a stranger came a respectable-looking man he sat down beside us appearing to want to listen 
a sudden roll of the little boat jerked my purse out of its muff wherein it was insecurely lying it fell on the deck i turned to pick it up but it was gone the man jumped up shook his dress opened his sleeves declared i might search him if i liked which i didn't and gathering his belongings into a bundle prepared to make off the surprise quite deprived me of suitable words so i looked up and straight down the answer came the man still protesting vehemently and just upon the point of disappearing below wheeled round put the purse in my hand and fled the cabin was full of men i could not have found him even had it been practicable to try in the dim light so had he not been touched by that invisible hand nothing could have been done once more was it not very like him november thirtieth for some time we have been trying to find out who in the surrounding streets are willing to listen to our message and here as at home we trace the trail of the serpent with one consent they begin to make excuse and flimsy as such excuses invariably are they are terribly impervious only a few care to know more now that the novelty has worn off but for these few we thank god and take courage if we go after dusk they will listen the evening being a free time and also one when less observation is excited see us then going out in the eastern twilight which so swiftly changes to darkness along streets unlighted except by the gleam from some half-shut shutter carrying perhaps a paper lantern if wind and rain allow of such luxury we had six or eight names in our list and did not know which to take first but we asked the lord who knew the hearts he had prepared to guide us straight to them and his answer was worth the sharing at the first open door in the long dark street we stopped and m san said this is a house where they will hear was it his choice for tonight a voice from within said honourably deign to enter and we were answered soon our muddy shoes were dropped off and ourselves established upon the mats we bowed all round and surveyed our congregation lying upon a futon spread upon the floor was a wan face and a head like a spring-cleaning brush an old man or a woman i hardly knew which crouched over a diminutive hibachi kneeling before the family shrine arranging lilies for the buddha's benefit was one who looked as though he could think so much we saw by the dim glimmer of a taper floating in a brazen oil saucer which swung before the little gilt idol hidden among its lovely offering of fair chrysanthemums we told them of our god who loved them and they left the light of asia in darkness that we might have its lamp to read by to two of our little audience the story was utterly new and they laughed at the absurd conception of such a god for to them the very title of divinity presupposes the extinguishing of love the sick man was amused the very venerable distrustful but the other had the heart prepared a friend of his was a christian though from all accounts a doubtful one and he had lent him a testament he admitted that the great teacher enshrined therein spake as never man spake but denied the possibility of obeying such commands as his then followed a shower of questions so i prayed to the god of heaven can you realize i wonder the need of such an hour how when one's helper is interpreting the last sentence one looks up and waits for the next in such absolute dependence that were it not given word by word as to a little child one dare not speak at all the crucial point was the difference between buddhism and christianity as one passed from contrast to contrast 
each stronger and more striking than the last until one reached the climax and spoke of the mighty chasm eternally dividing a dead creed from the living life-giving christ his attention was riveted true true it must be true he exclaimed at last buddha died we know it how can he help us who live to-day he may say be good the power to obey he cannot give and long he pondered over the words saved by his life there was a pause and then looking deep into my eyes as though he would fain look through them into the soul behind he said what i shall never forget and for this i have told you the story if this is so you are as an angel from heaven to us but if it is so we want to see it lived and but the innate courtesy of the east checked the half-uttered can you show it to us then and there we knelt and prayed and when we rose he told us how he felt in his heart we were speaking from our hearts and how we wanted to go to the depths of the depths of what we had told him then came what gladdened me if indeed i come to believe it i will tell my wife friends everybody you come from a very far country to give us good tidings if we find them good for us we must share them with our people and so we came away praising him who goeth before even down the dark streets of the dark cities of dark japan we have to meet many and varied phases and shades of thought and culture from the simple credulity of the peasant who worships the house and garden and all belonging to the dwelling of the foreign barbarian who gave him rice in the flood time to the superior incredulity of the scholar who worships nothing and studies john stuart mill and herbert spencer but from however diverging points of vision each may look all are as one great eye watching to see if we live what we teach can we do we show it to them if we cannot we had better go home for kindly and sympathetic in all other judgments can we wonder if here they are keen and uncompromising end of chapter nine Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine.